Welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffon alongside Aldo Gondia. Tyler Ellis has the night off, but probably for the best because the Bears end up falling by the score of 45 to 30 to the Green Bay Packers, outscored 24 to 3 in the second half against the Pack. All that magic the Bears were clinging to in the first half did not last through the third and fourth quarter. Although this thing went off the rails almost immediately as the second half went underway with a long, drawn-out, just suffocating drive by Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And they I believe they scored two touchdowns within, within the first three or four minutes of the, of the third quarter. So any takeaways from the second half from what we talked about in the first half? Well, we saw a lot of Justin Fields' growing pains today. We saw what magic he can bring to the football field with his athleticism uh, and special plays that he can make. But you also saw him turn over the ball via the pass and uh, and via fumble. And so you can't beat the Green Bay Packers that way. Um, and you can't beat the Green Bay Packers if you don't have a defensive backfield uh, that can compete with – Devontae Adams and the other uh, pass catchers on that team who may not be household names, but they are, you know, they, they get the job done for Aaron Rodgers. There's a familiarity with them and he demands the best out of them and he gets the best out of them. Uh, and you can't uh, beat a team uh, when you don't, ha- when you don't win the line of scrimmage. And we saw that uh, on both sides and the, the, the left tackle, Tevin Jenkins, came in and did not play well. He had penalties, and he played as, as well as I expected him to play, which is, you know, he does. He needs a lot more practice reps, a lot more, before we can even consider him a, a left tackle for the Chicago Bears. So it's almost unfair that he got in there. But uh, And then the, the pass rush outside of the the first half, you, you know, the pass rush was, was non-existent, and, and Rodgers could do whatever he wanted in the second half, and he, and he did. Looking at this game, you you see all the things that broke for the Bears in the first first, first half, and you almost thought that that was going to have to continue where they would have to play an almost flawless game with a couple of breaks and things would have to go their way, and it just didn't happen in the second half. And so looking over this game, it, 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 almost, <laughs> it almost ended as we expected it to, but it didn't play out the way we thought it was going to expect it to. I don't think – if you would have told us before the game that the Bears were going to score 30 points, you say, whoa, okay, okay, there's a shot there. But mm-hmm. you, you still 45 points, 24 of them in the second half. It's It's kind of like we've said on previous shows where it's like you don't know what else to dissect anymore. You don't know where else to go with this team anymore because it really is the same thing all the time. They didn't they didn't address the secondary well enough. And you can put that on Ryan Pace because you're you're upset that Xavier Howard's no longer available. And if that's a guy that you were really <laughs> depending on to to 
be a stalwart in your defensive backfield. That's kind of a problem. Why isn't mm-hmm. Tom is Thomas Graham that bad? Your six round draft pick is that bad? Big bad that you can't get a look at him to see what he's like. I believe he's still on the practice squad. Uh, you, you put Jenkins in out of necessity because Peters gets hurt, uh, and you did see some rookie mistakes out of Justin Fields. But man. I don't know. I'm tired of seeing this team on primetime, man. It's it's damn damn near midnight here on the East Coast, and I had to watch that entire thing. And you know what? We get to see him again next week on primetime. We get to see him on Monday Night Football next week. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that awesome that we get to ever – not just we get to watch our Bears on primetime – everyone gets to watch the bears on primetime and everyone gets to make fun of the bears in primetime again next week, which is why I was really hoping they would flex this game out of Sunday night football, but I guess it's a ratings getter. And I, it sounds like Chris Collinsworth really wanted to do this game. So uh, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that, that he might, that the, uh, the broadcast team may have had a say in that as well, but uh, ultimate takeaways from this auto, because ne- neither, none of us, really thought the Bears were going to go in and win this game. I mean, we had hope that they would be competitive. We had hope that they would win this game. But using logic and using the entire season as evidence, you could you could almost assume that the, the Bears were probably going to lose this game. So what can you pick out of this to say, all right, our young guys are getting reps? Is that is that the main thing you take out of this? Okay, Justin Fields made some explosive plays. Maybe he's working out some of those mistakes uh, and he'll be better suited to be the starter full-time next year. What what do you pick out of this game that you can take with you? Well, I mean, again, it, it's player evaluation. You're going to go uh, look at the tape and you're going to look at how uh, the right tackle did, Larry Borum. You're going to look at everyone else on the offensive line and you're going to, you know, it's you're going to see that you're going to need some help in the middle of the uh, defensive line. You know, I've made a lot of excuses for Sam Mustafer, but the fact of the matter is, is that he has t- uh, trouble against powerful defense, interior defensive linemen. And so what are you going to do about that? Is there is there any way possible the guy can add strength so he can compete against these uh, uh, Pro Bowl-type defensive uh, tackles that he, he's, he's faced this year and will face in the future, that has to be determined. And so you continue to evaluate uh, what you got and what you need. And, and so there's the value of that. There's value in getting snaps. There's value in, in Justin Fields seeing what the Green Bay Packers defense looks like from behind center and from the shotgun position. And he's going to go back and study that tape and he's going to see that there were opportunities downfield that he did not uh, 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 execute on. So he's going, so that's valuable. I see a lot of people in the chat room are really down on Justin Fields and, and yeah, he made some terrible mistakes, but that's to be expected out of a rookie quarterback who did not have substantial snaps with the first teamers in the preseason. And so he was not, he was not geared for, to play football this season. And, and that's on the coaching staff. That's that that's on them. So I, I wouldn't be down on Justin Fields because again, we see the talent there. And when you look at the history of the National Football League, there aren't very many rookie quarterbacks, guys who have gone onto the Hall of Fame, who have had illustrious careers. There aren't many that came out in their rookie season and flashed and played tremendously. So you've got to kind of, you know, hold back on, on, on the criticism of Justin Fields. Uh, certainly he deserves some, I was frustrated with him a number of times throughout this game. Uh, and, and, and it's legitimate to be frustrated with him, but let's not, let's not, you know, 
throwing the towel on Justin Fields. He, he still has a great future with this team, and hopefully uh, we'll start seeing that because he's got, what, four more chances to make this work uh, this season. And I got a feeling he's going to have more games like, like we saw in that second quarter. I mean, there was 24 points scored in the second quarter by the Chicago Bears. They've had <laughs> – 24 points uh, three times, I think two times in games this season. That's the most for four quarters. So there is some good news here. Uh, You just got to sift through it. And I hate saying that, John, because I know you have eloquently, with muscles bulging from your neck, said that you're tired of these little victories, that these little these victories while people are laughing at us, while we're making stupid mistakes on the field and stuff. I know you're tired of it, and I am too. But we, 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 this is where we're at. And so we have to sift through the damage, sift through the rubble and find the good stuff, build on that. And then hopefully um, make some uh, dramatic moves at the front office and coaching staff and rectify this situation. Yeah. I'm not as down on Justin Fields as others may be. Look, uh, Trevor Lawrence is having a bad rookie season. If you want to, if you really just want to stack up the stats, he had four picks today. He has 16 turnovers total in his head and uh, he doesn't get nearly the amount. Maybe it's because he's in Jacksonville and he's with urban Meyer. <laughs> Maybe that's why Zach Wilson hasn't, isn't having a great rookie season. Uh, Mac Jones is having a pretty good rookie season, but it's because they're really, they're, uh, putting a lot of the weight on different parts of the Patriots team and letting Mac Jones kind of come into it on his own. Trey Lance hasn't really even played, so it's hard to really get an evaluation on that. But uh, what do you what do you make of, because we talked about him, Justin Fields, not having that whole preseason because we were dead set, the, the coaching staff dead set on Andy's QB1, Andy Dalton's QB1. We're going in, we're working with Andy. And that lasted, what, two, three weeks before mm-hmm. before it was full-time Justin Fields. So he, you almost wasted his entire rookie training camp. He mm-hmm. got to play with the twos and the threes, but didn't get to build any uh, chemistry. And I'm not saying that is the reason, but he doesn't seem to have any chemistry with Allen Robinson whatsoever. Allen Robinson... Two catches for 14 yards. What I don't know what the deal is. What is up with Allen Robinson, and why is he not getting more targets? Why is he not being more productive? This is a guy that was expected to have triple-digit receptions. Like, he's shown us that he can do. And now he's it's like he's an afterthought in this offense where he caught a ball. I'm like, oh, I forget. Yeah, he is playing tonight. I forgot. He's active. And it, it's, it's, it's almost like where – why is he not a bigger part of this offense whenever I know that they're they're force feeding the ball to Jakeem Grant and, uh, you know, they're getting it to Demarius Bird, which is great. You love to see those guys con- contributing, but Allen Robinson is supposed to be your number one guy. He's making the franchise tag salary. He's a guy that's going to command, well, at least ask for 14, 15, 16 million dollars a year in the next contract. Now, Teams may look at this and say, oh, well, uh, you're not really producing that much. But where where is Allen Robinson? I just want to know, what what's the deal? Is it coaching? Is it Allen Robinson himself? Is it a problem with him and Justin Fields? I I, I just want to know why. Why is it not working? I don't, I don't have any answers for that. Yeah, and I, I disagree with Caesar here. It says A-Rob has not cared to play this year. He has no heart for this team. I truly, truly believe that that's incorrect. I believe – listen – 
Allen Robinson has lost millions of dollars this season. You think that he's going to get the $20 million payday next season that he wants, that he thinks he deserves? Absolutely not. He's frustrated by this whole thing, too. He had a long talk with Mark Grody of WSCR uh, 670. Some of that was played today. And he was talking about, yeah, this is not the ideal situation for me, given you know that I, this is costing me. And he doesn't want that. He wants to go out there and excel. But there is just something incredible incredibly mystifying about why fields just can't hit him in the numbers. And there aren't that many targets. As I pointed out in the middle of the third quarter via tweet, he had two targets, one catch for eight yards. He got a couple of more uh, the rest of the game, but it's like Justin just is not looking at him. Maybe they had an argument in preseason. Maybe he didn't like the way A-Rob uh, welcomed him to the team. I don't know what it is, but it is mystifying. It is maddening, and it is one of the reasons why this offense has not played well. This is one of your key guys. This is a guy who caught 200 passes over the last two seasons with the Chicago Bears. He has talent. Yes, he doesn't break away from receivers. He doesn't have that skill, but you throw it to him and with it, within his catch radius, he comes down with it the majority of the time. He came down with it 200 times over the last two seasons. So it's not like he is a bad player. He is a good player, but it is mystifying why Mike Furry, the wide receivers coach, Matt Nagy, and Bill Lazor have have not figured out why A-Rob is a waste of $15 million this year. And I hope that when George McCaskey sits down with Ryan Pace and he's going to say, listen, you've had me spend a lot of money on certain players who just aren't delivering. Why is that? Is it because of the coach that you chose? Because of the, uh, the assistant coaches that you allow to continue to show up to work year after year after year who are not delivering results? What the hell is going on? I want to know. Me, George McCaskey, I want to know. And I want to let John and Aldo know on the Barefoot Bus Show. <laughs> Well, that, but I don't know if those questions are ever actually asked, Aldo. We we were talking about that at the end of the year press conference last year. Did anyone sit George McCaskey, or did George McCaskey, I should say, the person who should be asking the questions, did he sit Ryan Pace down and say, and, and Matt Nagy down and say, Matt, why did it take so long to get the offensive line figured out that you were so stubborn using uh, Richard Coward for half the season? Uh, why did you why did you take Mitch out, put uh, Foles in, and then take him back out? Why were you, why was Mitch on such a short leash, but Foles was on such a long leash? And all these other things that went into last year, I don't know if they actually sat them down and asked any of those tough questions because when the media asked them those questions, they they couldn't believe they were being asked those questions. It almost seemed like it, it was almost like that was the first time they heard of that. At least they didn't even have a PR powwow to say, "Hey, listen, you're probably going to be asked this. Here is our response." They didn't even have those canned responses to them last year. All they did was put a mandate on some mythical progress where there actually is no definition of what progress is. There's never any definition of what progress is because they won't actually put it in actual goals because if they don't attain those, then they might actually have to make a decision. So it's always progress. Oh, well, what, what's progress? Is it No, tell me what the finish line is. Is it playoffs? Is it the division? Is it a conference championship appearance? Is it a Super Bowl? Tell us what the actual goal is. Because if you give your GM and your head coach just a mystical, soft finish line to make, 
they can twist whatever they want into saying, hey, we met those expectations. We brought in Justin Fields and he played pretty well. We got our new we got a new shiny toy quarterback. I'd say that's progress. Hey, look, Robert Quinn is, is doing really well. He, he has 14 sacks so far this year. I'd say that's progress. But whenever the top down won't give you any kind of expectations, won't give you any kind of goals to meet and just say, you know what, guys, you go ahead and make your own goals. You tell us what progress is. This is what you're going to get. You're going to get a watered-down product where everyone is just doing whatever the hell they want and there's no actual results being put out. So we're seeing the same damn thing year after year after year because from the top down, no one is ever going to be just a hardline guy. It's just like, hey, Matt, you're a nice guy. Oh, I was hearing about how nice of a guy Matt Nagy is. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I know plenty of nice guys. I don't want them coaching the football team. There's a lot of people who I'd like to invite over to my house and I love to socialize with. Don't touch the football team. Don't put together the football team. At some point, the people at the top have to say, win or get out. Show us results or you're gone. This is not mom and pop Alice's family football team anymore where you just say, well, we can't let go of them. We just, we just had dinner with them and they're such a nice guy. Look what he did to Hallis Hall and boy, his hair is nice. We can't keep doing this crap. You have to put somebody in that will get you results. And if they don't hit the bricks, this is a business and you are responsible for putting a good product on the field. How many times do I have to see the graphic where the Bears were leading the Packers series by what? What, 30-some games just decade when Favre came in? And now they're three games behind the Bears for all-time wins? Hmm. You yep. you blew this whole series in mm-hmm. three, in what, three decades, going on four. You let it all go. You screwed it away. Gone. For what? You blew it. Fix it. And quit messing around like this. this, Well, we have a lot of faith in people. No more time for faith. Time for results. Fix it or get out. That's, um, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I mean, uh, you're absolutely right. It is do or die. It is at this point now, there is no way the Chicago Bears fans will accept anything other than a major overhaul at Hallis Hall. And I, I said this on your show Wednesday. I am hoping beyond hope that George McCaskey has been working the last two or three weeks to find an executive a vice or executive president of football operations. And that tomorrow morning, Tomorrow morning, after this devastating loss, he has called a press conference to announce who that person is going to be, to announce who the interim head coach is going to be for the rest of the season, and to announce that this executive vice president is going to lead the search or is going to, over the next couple of weeks, evaluate the team and then make decisions later. This is what George McCaskey can do to fire up Bears fans, to fire up the the the, the, the everyone here who is so upset with everyone at Hallisaw. He can change the narrative by making a bold move and making this announcement of an executive vice president tomorrow morning or a week from now or two weeks from now. But he's got to act very, very 
very soon because he's losing the fan base. He is losing the fan base. I ran a poll on Twitter today. Uh, it was just for three hours. We got over 350 votes and the apathy, the indifference, uh, which is you could have picked three things that you're hopeful for tonight, uh, not hopeful or apathetic about the whole thing. 51% of the fans were apathetic about the, a Green Bay Packers Chicago Bears game. Apathetic about it. They don't care anymore about the Bears. The NBC kept this game on because they know the ratings they get from a Bear Packer game. Let's see what those ratings look like because I don't think it was that, uh, it, it, you know, maybe the first half got people suckered into watching this thing, but for the most part, I don't think people really gave a shit about uh, the Bears uh, throughout the nation just like 50% of the Chicago Bears fans feel. It is really pathetic. And George McCaskey, if you're not going to make a bold, dramatic gesture of a move, then it's time for you to go. And somebody else, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that Virginia McCaskey is at home uh, asleep and that she didn't have to watch that second half, that she left at halftime uh, because that was just pathetic. And, and, and maybe she needs to pull a George Hallis and, you know, and hire her own coach <laughs> like uh, uh, George Hallis did with uh, Mike Ditka. Maybe something like that. That would really fire up Bears fans. We need something like that. Right, John? Well, if you think if the, if the ratings were going to be bad for tonight, wait till next Monday when they play the Minnesota Vikings, who are also sub 500. Right. You want to see really crappy ratings? Put the Bears and Vikings on primetime. Because I think with this loss, I mean, the Bears aren't even on the uh, – not even on in the hunt anymore. I think they're like 15th out of 16th in the conference now. I believe mm -hmm. they're just above the Lions when it comes to the, uh, when it comes to the playoff uh, hunt. So – what else do you need to, what else, what other rock, rock bottom do you need to hit? What other bottom does there need to be? I'm tired of hearing about, well, if they didn't fire Trustman in the middle of the season, you know what? They probably should have. And then, right. well, they didn't fire John Fox. Well, they probably should have. Thank you. I'm, ti I'm tired of saying, oh, we never, they've never done this. I don't care. Oh, they've been doing the same crap game. for um, four years and it's never worked. Jason Peters has an ankle. Sorry. Uh, uh, has concussions the in the protocol. Um, DHC has a forearm. Um, Tonga has a shoulder and Roquan with a hamstring. Oh, so, um, that's, 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 that's the, the deal, deal there with, uh, with, with the, with the, with the players that did not finish, uh, tail two halves, I think, um, for us to be able to, be able to come out that first two quarters, quarters and, and do what we did. That's, that was fun. That's, that's good football. The guys played energized. They, they, uh, they came out and, and played really good football, all three phases, uh, complimentary. And that's, I think they got to see what they can be, um, to come out in the, in the second half and have. You know, they give up 16 first downs for 222 yards, and they had that long drive there to start the third quarter. And then for the offense to go three and out um, several times in a row uh, until the end of the, the half there when it's, when it's too late. You know, that's just for us where we got to understand that when you play a great team like this, um, they're going to make you pay for it. And, and they did that with two two quick scores back-to-back. -back before you know it, you're, you know, you're down eight. Um, so I thought our, you know, again, early on, I thought we were getting pressure on them, on Aaron. Uh, defense for, for our offense, I think I thought we had them off balance. I thought we had some misdirections going on, and the guys made plays. Um, but in the end, we got the we didn't win, we lost, and uh, you know, so I, I uh, you know, I just wish wish that uh, we could have came out here with a different result. So I'll go ahead and open it up to questions. Uh, th that I don't, I mean, I think so. I know that they had something that I think they were looking at his hand or something like that, but nothing has been said to me. I think he'll be all right. 
I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, the kid, he, uh, he, he's a vet player. He just sat on it. It's a eight to 10 yard out route. He sat on it. Justin made a good throw. I th I'm pretty sure he threw it on time. The kid just the kid made a good play. So he, he jumped it and uh, um, it's just good defense. Thought about it, but then um, thought that, uh, you know, at that point in time, you know, you are a little bit backed up. You could be aggressive there and go for it. I don't think you're wrong if you go for it, but I don't, I don't think you're wrong either. And you saw what happened when we punted it. You know, so yeah, that's I think that's um for for all of us and for him to take away. Like you could really see the guys uh, coming off to the sideline on the pick six. Everyone rallied around him and told, "Hey, man, we got you. You know, we got your back." And what did he do? He, he led the team down for a touchdown. That's growth for that kid. Um, he's 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 so mentally tough. And when when you have a, a guy that that in this moment. In this stage, when you throw a pick six, that's not easy. A lot of a lot of guys hang on to that. Not Justin. Justin doesn't. Yeah, it actually kind of probably juices him up a little bit, and he gets fired up. I thought the way he played the game today. Um, when you have injury with your ribs, as coaches, you're always making sure you don't know how it's going to go. You don't know when he hits and how it's going to you know affect him. But he was smart when he ran the football. When he scrambled, he got down when he had to. He got out of bounds when he needed to. And I thought that um, for him being off a few weeks to play against that defense, which is pretty good. I thought he did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think for for all of our guys that we all understand that it's the next man up mentality. We, we have had some injuries. Um, and the guys I thought have really, I mean, when you come out here in that first half and you see that you get some pressure, you try to make some plays, you force some punts. But real quick, you know, it, it can change really quickly. And I felt like that third quarter when they just got the ball and just kind of they started running it, they started getting chunks with the run game, and then they scored the touchdown. And then we got to bounce back on offense and at least flip the field, worst-case scenario, and we did, and we had to strip sack. They got the ball, they come back, and then they hit the touchdown. It's, it's two uppercuts right in the chin, back to back. And before you know it, it's, it's uh, you know, now you're trying to play catch up. And so uh, it's no excuses with the other guys being out of the game. Our guys know that, but they're fighting. You know, our guys are playing hard. I think they showed it tonight, but it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, I have to see it on tape. Uh, it, you're right. I mean, it is, it is, it's never easy coming into this, this, uh, this league as a rookie at tackle, um, we needed to make sure that we helped out as much as we could with some chips and slams on the edge. Um, that, that's only natural for most most tackles in that situation. So, um, you know, we'll go back and look at the tape. I, I love Tevin. I think he's such a uh, – I think he's going to have a really, really good career. I think his future is very, very bright. And you learn from these from these moments, you know. You really do. So uh, he'll be he'll be just fine. And our, he's going he's gonna to rally and he's going to do everything he can to get better. Mm -hmm. No, I just, you know, I, I think uh, it wasn't on purpose. I, you know, I wouldn't say that. I just say we didn't have many plays uh, in that second half. And then when you get behind, you're obviously throwing the ball. You probably had a little bit more catches there in that situation. Not really, not with what we felt we could do tonight with special teams. I mean, we felt really good about our special teams heading into this game. And um, it, it's an aggressive mentality. I think you got to pick and choose when you do return it because it can get you in trouble. But when you have a guy like him 
that can be electric and do things like he can. He just took it 97 yards. Um, and then, and then it, it seems to be a good decision, but I, you know, I, I, I trust he's done it a long time and I, I trust in, in Jakeem. I thought he had a great game with that. Is it what, what was the first part? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, the three phases was key. I mean, you could feel it all night. Um, whether it was a kick return, whether it was us on kickoff return, whether it was a punt return, our field goals, you know, with Cairo, just across the board, the special teams was just you you, you felt like um, they were going to give you great field position, and they did that. So, and then to get a, a, a muff punt fumble recovery as well, that didn't happen, but, man, it would have been a, a pretty good night and for, for them, and I thought they played well. Yeah. Fun. Fun. It was. It was fun. That's what. That's that first half. When when you coach and you play and you play that first half the way we did, that's what it's all about. That's why we do what we do. And let's face it. It's been there's been difficult times this year. You know, for everybody, for the players, for the coaches, and because we, you know, you, you know what we can be. And when these guys play like that, uh, that's why we do it. That's why we do it. And our message at halftime was, you know, that's great, but we got to do it for quarters three and four. We got to finish. And um, that's probably the biggest thing that these guys right now, uh, players and coaches, just know that, uh, you know, not finishing that game against that team is, is where, you know, we got to be better. Well, I mean, you, you, you know that for us when you're four and nine, you know, it's, it's, it stings. You want to be better. Uh, again, I'm always going to just go back to uh, these, these. That's fine. <laughs> uh you're muted bud uh <laughs> so that's what we hear from matt Nagy. uh i saw a lot of comments saying he looks defeated i mean he looks the same as he does in every press conference defeated I, honestly it's it's probably a guy who know he's knows he's done so mm -hmm. at that point what's the use in keeping him there what's why do you not turn the page because We've said this, other people on the network have said this. If you, the, 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 the McCaskies already know what they're going to do with Matt Nagy. So if you already know and you're four and nine, and even though you're technically not out of the playoff race, you're out of the playoff race, turn the page and just start. Uh, and I know a lot of people in the chat room are talking about the uh, the Trace Armstrong rumors that we could probably do an entire show on that, but I'll address mm -hmm. that briefly. I believe that I believe that he went on Twitter this morning saying there's absolutely no validity to him talking to anybody at Hallis Hall, which I guess if you were talking to people at Hallis Hall and you didn't want anyone to know, that's what you would say publicly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's let's uh, let's not completely shut the door on that. But that that's an interesting name, uh, isn't he? Connected to Matt Nagy though, isn't he? Like Matt Nagy's agent or something like that. Correct though. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like hey, Matt. Yeah. So you're out. But uh, good news. Uh, I'm I'm actually. I'm actually heading over there right now. Uh, I got a little bit of a job offered there. So uh, that, that that's what a weird circumstance that would be. That's 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 for an entirely different time for an entirely different show when it's not 12, 15 in the morning when I'm doing this right now. But uh, although looking over that presser, it it's 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 basically the same thing we've always said. And I think Matt Nagy knows. His rah rah, next guy up. Hey, fighting for each other. Let's go. Clap, clap, clap on the sidelines. 
that crap has run its course. And we knew that a couple weeks ago. I think that he is just out of ideas. Honestly, I just don't know if he knows what to say anymore. I don't think he knows what to do anymore. I think that he'd almost welcome someone saying, Matt, it's done. That might be a huge weight off his shoulders to say, all right, dude, you're done. You're, 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 you're just, it's, it's over. Appreciate it. Appreciate the two playoff berths. You're done, man. And so I, I he gets paid either way. So yeah. he, he, can, yeah. he can start his summer a little early. So yeah. I, I think that uh, I, I just don't know what the Chicago Bears would be waiting for, especially going into another primetime game next week against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Why subject yourself to another laughing stock week uh, to the national pundits, the national talking heads, the the whatever broadcast team is going to be talking about that? And I, it's true that for my hometown, there's a little bit of a Trace Armstrong root there, which I get, you know what, for so being such a, such a small town in Western Pennsylvania, a lot of NFL activity going out of there. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, Doug Buffone comes out of Roll Valley, Trace Armstrong r- related to people in Roll Valley. Uh, yeah, Jim Kelly, East Brady, right down the road, play uh, just the uh, Western PA, just a harbor for all those uh, all those uh, NFL uh, greats, so to speak. But anyway, back to the subject at hand. Uh, <laughs> the Chicago Bears again on primetime next week. Although at, at some point, if they don't if they don't fire Matt Nagy after this game or potentially after next game, are do we are we to assume that he's just going to? kind of coast out the season or does that new rule where you can hire, you can start talking to people two weeks before the season ends. Do the bears actually use that to their advantage? If like, they'd be like, they'd be wise to and start interviewing people two weeks before the season ends. If they fire Matt Nagy. Yeah, this is the, the kind of catch 22 situation they're in. If they, if they don't bring in, and this is why I want uh, McCaskey to hire an executive vice president of operations like now, there's good candidates out there. Should have been interviewing them for the last two, three weeks because if you're going to fire Matt Nagy uh, so you can have that opportunity to interview uh, potential coaches the last two weeks of the season under that new rule, do you really want Ryan Pace to be a part of that? I don't. Uh, I no, I just no. don't trust the guy. I don't think that Ryan Pace knows how to build a team. I don't think he has the vision for how to build a team, and he just doesn't go about executing whatever that vision is that he has. It's like you said, was it earlier this show or in the halftime show? Uh, no, it was earlier this show about – you know, why Why don't we know what the goals are of this team? Why don't we have a general manager and head coach coming in and saying, our goal is to win the Super Bowl, and this is how we're going to do it. There's none of that. There's this, there's this mediocrity in every aspect of this organization that is troubling. And so, yeah, I mean, at this point, to answer your question, you know, you've got to bring in somebody above Ryan Pace in the next couple of weeks so that way we can then take advantage of starting to interview coaches with those two in those last two weeks and that person doing that that interviewing is Trace Armstrong is Ozzy Newsome is whoever it is that, that that they bring in and as for Trace Armstrong this whole rumor thing with Trace Armstrong started to 
maybe three weeks ago when Dan Pompey over at The Athletic wrote an article about that. It is time now for the Bears to buck tradition and go and hire an executive vice president, that things have changed in the National Football League. And four of the candidates, uh, uh, he, he, he finished the article suggesting four candidates, and Trace Armstrong was the very first person. Now he is, <laughs> he is a player. He does head a player uh, agency. He's, I think, the co-owner of, of it. And he is, is one of his clients. So right. I don't think I don't think that Trace Armstrong thing is going to happen. To your point, probably, so, probably <laughs> not. But getting back to the other points, at least Lovey Smith said, "We're I'm here to beat Green Bay." Yeah, at least Lovey Smith said uh, he actually gave some expectations here. So mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it's now it's just everyone's just flapping in the wind, and it just seems like everyone knows what's going to happen. But the McCaskies are holding their fans hostage for some reason because yeah. they I I just I don't understand why because it's so obvious where and I and I agree with a lot of people in the chat where they say it's going to take a lot more than firing Matt Nagy to turn this around 100% you have to not that's just the first part but you got to be able to get the people in there that'll actually do the job correctly and that it involves bringing in a VP of football operations that involves bringing in the right general manager and the right head coach You've seemed to have figured out the quarterback position finally, but now you got to put the right people in the front office and on the sidelines to take you to where you want to go. But for that to happen, you have to you have to get rid of the people that are there now. And if you why would you not want to get a head start on that when everyone knows Matt Nagy's not the guy? Mm -hmm. And it's and most people know Ryan Pace probably isn't the guy. Right. So why do you not say Let's get a head start on this. 2021 is a wash. It is a failure. It is an absolute unequivocal failure to what you thought it might be. We were sold some fool's gold with some of the signings and saying we're going to improve from 2020, and they're worse. Mm -hmm. They're worse now than they were in 2020. They're going to they're gonna end up under 500 because guess what? There's 17 games now. No more riding the pine right at 8-8 eight and eight and maybe squeezing into the playoffs in that new seventh seed. Not going to happen this year. Mm -hmm. There was no improvement. There was no progress. You can twist it any way you want, Ryan Pace. You can twist it any way you want, Matt Nagy. There was absolutely no progress. You got worse. Your quarterback may have gotten better, but the team as a whole and the results, which are the most important thing in this league, the results are going to be worse. So you need to go. I'm. I'm uh, once again, I'm not just playing willy-nilly like fire. I, I know this is, this is people's livelihoods. I understand that. These are their jobs. Their families are in Chicago. Just, this is, or maybe, but this is this is a big deal. But at the same time, this is what you accept when you get into this business. Much right. like the players do. If they get cut, they got to go find another job, just like anybody mm -hmm. else. And whether you're in any other industry that involves traveling, the media, sometimes you get laid off and you got to go find another newspaper or your contract's up at a TV station. You got to go find another one. This is part of it. This is part of the NFL business. And fortunately for those people in the NFL industry, if you lose your job, most of the time the other team, the, the team's gonna pay you out a couple million dollars. So you're probably off, you're probably better off than a lot of people that lose their job. So I just want to see the I want to see the wheels in motion. I want to see that next step. But when's that gonna happen? Right. Uh, yeah, I, and I wish I had an answer for you, but it has to happen as quickly as possible. 
you know, the, the, how this organization is degenerating uh, before our, our eyes is really startling. I, I, I've uh, seen a lot of poor conclusions to a season uh, in my years watching the Chicago Bears, but what's happening now is it really has a stench to it that I don't remember feeling before. And I think part of it has to do with maybe the the length of the season. It's just like one more yeah. <laughs> game that we have to endure. You know, we love our Chicago Bears, but sometimes it's really difficult to see, I mean, to experience the heartache over and over and over again. And it's just so frustrating. And, you know, one of the things that really frustrated me today is it's not like the Bears need uh uh, like the Packers need any help from the officiating, you know, and, but it seems like every game there is just something yeah. going on here that is so questionable. There's the one play on Kendall Vildor. Uh, he's called uh, for going out of bounds and not coming in fast enough. Well, that was crap. He was back in the field, like within two seconds, he fought his way mm-hmm. to get back into the field. And, you know, obviously that the, the pick, Packers player muffed the ball. And so the bears would have had the ball in the red zone, I believe, and could have cut that. I think at that point it was a 14 point lead or something like that. And then, you know, I, I remember earlier in the game, watching the the Packers player do the same thing. Watch watch what happens yeah. here at the very top worse. of the screen. Yes, it's much worse. The very top of the screen. Look at this look at that guy. He's 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 on the bench. He's on the bench and he's running for like over 20 yards. Look at him. Look at him up at the top. 20 30 yards he's going. Again, at the top of the screen he he runs out of bounds by uh, he's not forced out yeah. of bounds. He he headed in that direction, and that was not called. It was not a penalty. So again, it's 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 so frustrating to go through this. You, we've got the uh, the awful general manager, the awful head coach, and now you've got the NFL officiating on top of that. It's three things, and then let's add on a couple of more. You know, let's add on Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth just making fun of the Chicago Bears. It's just embarrassing. Let's add on watching all those fans in Green Bay holding up signs saying, I own you, he owns you, and all this stuff. And it's just a kick to the stomach that I just can't stand anymore. I really need a break from this, man. It's really I just, I just don't I just don't want to see them in prime time anymore. Honestly. Yeah, I hear you. And, and if and if they weren't if they weren't representing the city of Chicago, they'd never be on prime time. They, they, they'd get their one Thursday night game, which is technically primetime, and that would be it, like the Jacksonville Jaguars usually get. They get their one primetime game, which is usually a bad Thursday night game against the Texans, and that's basically what it's a throwaway game. It's in primetime. But because the Bears are out of Chicago and it's a huge market and the fans will watch, that's why they continuously get this. They they had a – they remember it was Troy Aikman making fun of them the one time. or It wasn't really making fun of it. It was more along the lines of just couldn't – was just over just could not believe this was a professional football team basically (laughs) he was just going going in on and i would prefer that rather than what i saw what i heard tonight but Mm -hmm. uh there's always it's and you know i put it out there it's just like how do you how do i turn off the green bay home broadcast i put that tweet out there and uh, you know a lot of the response was well play better but well yeah no crap but like i I can't do anything about that so why i what i like I, I just don't want to see them on primetime anymore because for, for a number of reasons. One, it's embarrassing in the national and just as the national media going in on the Chicago Bears, national fans having to watch that and tweet about. I got four or five texts from people who are not Chicago Bears fans or not Green Bay Packers fans, but they're football fans. And they just text me throughout the entire time saying, 
holy crap, these, you got to watch this every week. Yeah, I do. And then and number two, I'm tired of having to talk about the Chicago Bears at 12.30 in the morning after watching them get their ass kicked every time they're on primetime. Just, just take it off. Just take mm-hmm. it off. Play them at, for, Chicago, for the Chicagoans, play them at noon. For me, it's 1 o'clock. Keep it that way. Just yep. keep it that way until they're good. Bryce says, uh, what do you guys think? That, do you think fans will show up Monday night? Because apparently there's 19,000 seats that were empty last Sunday. You know, I think I, I, I like the fact that there are going to be a lot of empty seats. And I, I'm pretty sure there will be. The apathy is just really. I mean, Unless they fire Nagy. If they, if they <laughs> fire Nagy, I bet they fill up that stadium. Exactly. Exactly. John, you you that's a bingo right there, man, because that's what I've been talking about. If if at the very least he, McCaskey announces that the you know a, a cause a press conference and announces a plan, announces an upcoming hiring, anything to fire up Bears fans, he can be the hero. You know, I've done a lot of studying of of CEOs and and leaders of organization and big business and so forth. You have got to sometimes make big, bold moves and let people know, I'm the guy in charge. He needs to come out there, take the blame and say, but it's not, things are going to change. And I promise you, because this is what I'm going to do. One, two, three. He really needs to do that. And I agree with you. Watching them on national TV is just too painful, man. Let's put them on Fox or, you know, or CBS, hide them among all the uh, noon game central time here in Chicago. And let's not, you know, show any highlights. Let's keep this under wraps until we fix it, fix it and then unveil it to the national TV audience. I'm with you. John. Well, yeah. They're, they're a victim of their own market. And the same thing <laughs> happens to the, the giants and the jets and uh, you know, teams that have big fan bases that are real bad. They still got to get thrown out into the national media because they're, they know that a lot of people will tune in because a bad rating for the bears would be a pretty good rating for Jacksonville. And so you, you have to, it's, it's all, a business but it's the fans and you and i that suffer because we got to keep watching this team and they're you're subjected to that scrutiny and social media makes it all that much worse because everyone can throw their two cents in automatically and 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 the whole and everything takes on a everything takes on a life of a life as a life of its own so whenever aaron Rodgers does the i own you thing and then the and then the, the game gets to be a two score three score game that's all they're going to talk about because I've done I've done play by play. I've done I've done color commentating. When it's a blowout, you got to start talking about interesting stuff. You got to keep the you got to keep the game going because people are you don't want them to tune out. So you got to start talking about something. You got to let what are we going to bring up? What are we going to talk about? Game's over. What are we going to talk about? Game's boring. What are we going to talk about? So they just keep harping on it and you know what? People stay in the hate watch sometimes. They're like these guys won't let it go. Oh my god, will they please shut up? Well, you're still watching it, aren't you? So yep. it's 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 very much a game. Whereas, how do we keep this game interesting? Because we don't want people to tune out. We got a lot of advertising money going here. You know what? Let's harp on this. The I own you thing a little bit more. Let's see if we can find a guy in the crowd that looks like Aaron Rodgers. Let's see if we can. <laughs> let's see if we can get. Let's see if we have anyone that brought in a meme that on a sign that we can go in on. So it's mm-hmm. just uh, I, I'm just it's get them out of prime time at, at least at least until they're at least until they get a new coach. But we get to see him again next week. We get to do, we get to do this all over again. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Fields is at the podium. I'll have him up here in about uh, ten seconds. So Justin Fields meeting the media after uh, the loss. We'll see how he is doing. You know, he's he's going to be stoic and uh, and promise us 
that uh, uh, he that. will uh, rebound from this. Jumping a lot of routes, even on you know some some other places he was jumping routes. So I mean, he's a great player, and you got to give credit to him. I mean, yeah, it was simple. Uh, we, you know, coming in from the first half that we were up, but the game wasn't over, especially with the quarterback that they have on that side. And, um, you know, um, it's just that simple. So, of course, we were satisfied with the first half, but we knew in the back of our head that we had to finish and come out in the second half strong. I feel like I, I, feel like I played all right. Um, you know, there's always room to improve, so got to keep doing better. I was probably about 90%, so I'm just going to continue to get treatment and continue to get my body back. Um, back of my head, just trying to, you know, you know, stay protected and not take any hits, of course. And I think there was one sack where I just kind of fell down. I just wasn't trying to, you know, take a major hit. So uh, the main thing was just protecting myself. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of sore right now. I feel it every throw, but the pain is the same at pretty much every throw. So it's like, you know, it's it, the, the pain is bearable. So, um, again, I'm just going to, you know, continue to get treatment, and I, it's definitely going to, you know, keep getting better each and every day. And not on my ribs, just on my hand, but my hand is just swollen a little bit. So, yeah, left hand, so. I mean, I tell you what, I'm glad that was a pass. I mean. That boy can move. Um, you know, he's a playmaker, just like y'all saw on the punt return. Literally playing backyard football out there. I mean, he's a he's so quick, so little, and um, you know, guys can't keep up with him. So um, he's a great player, and I'm you know glad he's a part of our team. Um, we probably had some protection issues, and you know, just a little stuff. So we just got to tighten up on that. But um, you know, we're gonna keep working and keep being better. Kevin in a tough spot when he's had no preseason. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough spot. That's a tough spot for Ted. And um, I know that he wanted to play great today. And, you know, the sack he gave up, I just told him, look, I mean, it's your first game. You know, prime time Sunday night. You're a rookie first uh, ever playing time right now. Of course, you're going to make mistakes. So you have to go in there knowing that you're going to make mistakes and just learn from them and make sure they don't happen again. So, um, you know, he was pretty bummed about it. But I just uh, told him, you know, don't worry about it and just, just move on to the next play, next drive. And, you know, just, just keep that in the past. That was Justin Fields, stoic as always, giving you the, uh, you know, he does handle himself very professionally in, in pressers. And you can tell that this is a guy that is confident in his skill set. It's a guy who understands he's making mistakes. And uh, you're hoping to see maybe by the end of the season, but it's certainly going into next season, uh, a more polished product. And once again, this comes down to a, this is a guy that was thrown into the starting lineup without being the starter during training camp, he didn't get the Trevor Lawrence treatment. He didn't get the Zach Wilson treatment. He didn't even get uh, he didn't even get the uh, Mac Jones treatment, where they let go of Cam Newton before the season and said, "You know what, Mac Jones is our guy." And so uh, he is tr- had to build chemistry throughout the season with with the number ones. And so that's is that part of why he can't get on the same page with Allen Robinson? Maybe uh, it, I'm sure there's a lot of other situations going on there, but this is a guy that's working through a lot and you, you just, he just looks like it. And I know there's no quantifiable way to say this. He just looks like the Chicago bears quarterback for the next 10 years. And I'm saying that in a good way, not, not like 
the other quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm not saying he looks like a Chicago Bears quarterback. He looks like the Chicago Bears quarterback. So I want, I want to be very specific. I want to be make sure that I'm there's no misconceptions there. He looks like the Chicago Bears quarterback, not a Chicago Bears quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's working through a lot. He's he's got the legs. He's got the mobility. Um, Maybe tighten up that that release a little bit. It is a little bit looping. I will give Chris Collinsworth that much. Uh, he has a little bit of a looping release on some things. But uh, uh, these are things that you're hoping that he's going to work through. And he's a rookie. Once again, Trevor Lawrence had four interceptions today. Everyone still sees him as the next great quarterback coming up through the ranks. So uh, these are all going to be growing pains. And once he does get a season under his belt and a, pre- and a, and a full training camp under his belt, you're hoping this is the guy that can take the Bears where they need to go. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, I know that it is uh, well past your bedtime and you've got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm going to pull the plug, if it's OK with you. I'm going to pull the That's plug early on our uh, Bear football show and let people know that I'm going to be back here at 11 a.m. Central with Greg Gabriel. We usually go on a little later uh, on Mondays, but uh, he's got an appointment in the afternoon, so we're going to go on at 11. We'll have highlights from the press conference. We'll have highlights from the game. Um, and we'll get his, you know, Greg is not going to pull any punches. He, he's he's going to tell it like it is. So tune in for that. And then uh, John Buffone and uh, Tyler Ellis will do the debate show on Tuesday. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> there's not much more to debate we're gonna yell at each other but we're probably gonna be agreeing while we're doing it <laughs> exactly i mean they're, they're really at this point yeah what can you debate about the chicago bears everybody agrees they're awful the yeah. you change yeah. it at the very top and so forth i'm gonna have to be really creative to come up with some this is on you <laughs> that's right <laughs> It is. What do you want people to know before we pull the plug on tonight's episode of Bear Football? Well, first and foremost, thank you for everyone who's staying up late with us. Uh, it's not easy to come into a Bears podcast live late on a Sunday night and talk about this team. So first and foremost, thank you for everyone in the chat room. Thank you for listening to the live version. Thank you for listening to the podcast version, the video version, the audio version. However you are listening to this, we appreciate each and every one of you because this is therapeutic not just for maybe you guys but definitely for us we get to talk through our emotions and maybe i get to sleep a little bit better after watching what i saw on the television tonight but that being said make sure you check out all the great programming it's going to be following this show throughout the week like aldo said make sure you catch greg gabriel tomorrow he's going to have some great insight for you about this bears game and the bears in general then tyler ellis and i on tuesday night doing the bear debate 10 hot topics surrounding the chicago bears I'm sure that'll be interesting. Then Buffon 55, we will break down the Bears' next opponent. The Minnesota Vikings will have somebody who follows them closely to break down that matchup to see if the Bears can get off the schneid and see if they can not embarrass themselves in front of a national audience. And maybe they'll give us some false hope. And then, of course, my uh, B55 rants with Alyssa Barbieri. Uh, Thursday, Danny Shimon breaking down the tape, showing you what the Bears did right, showing you what the Bears did wrong. Probably a lot of the latter on that one. And, of course, Dan and Aldo, they have their show Wednesday night right after Buffon 55. Am I, am I getting my days uh, Thursday? On uh, Thursday? Uh, yeah. Well, Dan and Aldo are Tuesday, and then uh, 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 Danny Shimon and I are Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And so check out all the great programming on the Barroom Network. We got Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, science fiction, entertainment, and beyond. We got a lot of great stuff. So just subscribe to the Barroom Network. Everything fantastic. Check it out. 
Yeah, that's shown up here real quickly. <laughs> Dan Aguirre and I were texting about you know, maybe we can come up with a segment uh, for Tuesday's show. And so he came up with the idea of 10 of the most frustrating losses to the Green Bay Packers that the Bears have had, but not the ones that you would think of. He's he's coming up with a list of 10 losses to the Green Bay Packers that you're going to say, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, mm. man, I was – so wow. if you really oh. love misery. <laughs> yeah, say, if you love feeling like crap, you're going to love this show. <laughs> exactly. So that's Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central after the Bear Debate Show. John, you're the best. Thanks for staying up late. Uh, good luck at work tomorrow. And uh, thanks uh, to all of everyone in the chat room for staying up late with us. We, Like John said, follow us here on our YouTube channel. That will alert you to whenever we get a brand new live show. All right, everybody. Good night.